This is the Manitobaville podcast. This is Mahangel. I am Mahangel. And we are talking today to a fabulous author, local author, Brian Campbell, who's written a, a, a book of short stories, and some, some shorter than others, some longer than others, called Out of My Mind. And uh, I found Brian just on uh, Facebook. He's been pushed on Facebook. He's uh, knowledgeable now, as most authors get to be about the various ways of publishing in the new world. And uh, he has some interesting notions in the book. It's broken up into different sections. Today, we're going to go through that book. Curiously enough, we're going to take a book tour. And Brian is describing the different sections of the book. And we get to talk a little bit about uh, each section and how how the writing went, how his experience has, has gone, a little bit about his history, how he got into writing, and where he's at with that writing. So it's, uh, it's, it's a good little uh, story for anybody who's, who has the writing, uh, the knack, and has been writing. Writers write, of course. So if you have work pu- piling up and you want to go back and, and sift through it and edit it and compile it, then uh, this is the kind of interview you want to listen to because this is a little roadmap to do so. And Brian has some interesting notions, of course. He's an interesting guy. And, um, of course, we're, we're going towards the uh, sustainable side. There's a whole section on concern for where we're headed as a culture uh, in regard to how we're treating the planet. So kind of an interesting little bit in there. And we get to that, you know, as we move along in the interview. So, but these, this is one of those I like doing. I like finding people who who are out there just doing it, you know, just doing something and, and have built up knowledge about it and can pass on information to the next incarnation of people who are wanting to do a likewise thing. In this case, it's self-publishing. So, yeah, how do you use Amazon? How do you use uh, local publishers? How can you get in with local publishers? How can you get books around the world without having to ship them? How do you do all this stuff? So, uh, yeah, so Brian's gonna, gonna give us some tips and tricks through his experience, of course. It's all storytelling, so uh, it's a good interview. So check it out right after our little message and right after this where I tell you that Manitobaville is the word you want to use to spread the word for the podcast. So uh, social medias, you can uh, get in touch with us on there. Just uh, look for Manitobaville and you can look for Manitobaville on your favorite podcatcher. If you've heard about us word of mouth, then just go to whatever you use, Apple, Spotify, or um, boy, Stitcher, I guess, all the all the big ones, and you can just, just look for us until you find us. And, uh, <laughs> and then subscribe, follow, rate, and review, of course. Uh, once you find us, you can stop looking, because it'll be in the last place you look. Always is, always will be, no problem, it's normal. Okay, so don't feel bad. Okay, uh, so there you go. So if you want to tell your friends around the world, do so. Uh, if you don't want to, if you want to keep it private between uh, yourself and us, then you're free to do that as well. We're glad to be the kind of podcast you like to listen to. Absolutely. And there's no reason you have to do anything I'm telling you to do. Okay, so uh, you're off the hook. <laughs> you're allowed to just be a great listener. We do like that. Okay, so uh, yeah, so if you want to advertise on the show, let us know. We'll hook you up. But um, first of all, I just want to remind you that this is Brian Campbell. 
We're going to get to that interview. His book is called Out of My Mind. You can look it up on Amazon, or you can get in touch with Brian through the show links to buy your own copy of the, the like an actual book, an actual book you can hold in your hands. So we're going to get right to the interview uh, right after this little message, and uh, you know the drill. Sounds like this. Absolutely. I'm absolutely out of my mind. <laughs> or at least my book at least the book is out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's where this book uh, came from. Yeah. All all the stories literally out of my mind. And, and uh as as you've seen for I don't know how much of my book you've read already, but uh it it is literally all over the place. And I guess it to start at the beginning a little bit there, I wanted to write since I was capable of writing. I've had had this idea that I needed to write a book. I needed to write a book. When I got it, when I got into creative communications in Red River College, I I, I got into PR. I got into writing other people's stories. I got into helping out to uh, small charities. Mm-hmm. But it always came back to I need to write a book. I want to write a book before. Before I die, I need to at least put a book, if not books, <laughs> if not books on the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, writers write. Writers have the surge. Writers write. And, yeah. and I, I've been writing things all my life. I've sent in short stories for magazines and uh, anthologies and stuff like that. And got an impressive lit an impressive list of uh, rejection letters over the years. Some of them <laughs> personal. Some of them, some of them form letters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so you you I, have you I, have that same wall that all the other writers have, the, mm-hmm, the wall exactly. of inspiration. The wall of inspiration. <laughs> well, some of my inspiration, no, because I took a Red River College back in the eighties, but or took a a course in in, in creative writing with uh, Sandra Birdshill as my instructor, and she told me keep writing. She said there's something there, mm-hmm. and then when I was in Precom, I was getting A's in my creative writing doing mediocre and pretty much every one of my subjects with A's in my creative writing. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, tell us, tell us, that's something about uh, San- Sandra Birdsell? Sandra Birdsell, uh, I don't know if she's put out anything recently, but at one time she was a, a big award-winning author, did a lot of, a lot of stories back in the, back in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Um Big, big, big name author at, at that time. Yeah. I can't tell you a whole lot about her stories, quite honestly. I, I just know that the, the, the name was big at that, at one point. She, she, she's one of the, one of the heads on the wall in McNally's, McNally Robinson. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they got that list of authors around the wall, around the wall. Yeah. Sandra Birdsell's one of them. Nice. My other, my other instructor when I went to Red River College, Armin Weeb's also on that wall. Hmm. So, so you're learning from some uh, heavy hitters then, some or exact, heavy heavy exact, typers, <laughs> as it were. Uh, <laughs> and and the, that kept me going. That and the fact that uh, I got into a, a freelancers writers cl- uh, club a few years back, and it really got my inspiration going. We had everybody had to come up with some short stories every month. Three people read. Uh, there was always an opening. Usually, you guarantee you're going to be reading two or three times a year. Mm-hmm. But if there's an opening and you have a story ready, 
uh, if somebody didn't come up with a story, somebody didn't make it to the meeting that they were supposed to read, suddenly they're looking for an extra reader. Nah. So I made, it sure, I made sure to have a story written every single month, just nice. in case. Yeah, yeah. Which created a nice little collection for me, which is what came. And another thing that happened was I started doing a bit of a blog for my business, High Hopes Communication, where I help people with their online content and do do various writing or advertising promotional products for, for various clients. I started creating a, a blog for my website. Okay. And it, it posted a lot of writing there. Nice. So in 2019, when I kept looking back at the idea, I want to write a book. Wait a minute. I've been writing all my life. Uh, yeah, yeah. I bet the book is written. Just gather it all up. So I started settling down, taking a look at what stories I had, which are good, which are crap, which can I modify to make that that are mediocre that I can make better, mm-hmm. which ones would fit into a story. I very quickly realized I have I have no list of stories that can fall into one category, so I had to break it down into categories. Right, right. So that's why so the I, book, yeah, book follows that format, right? That's uh. The, yeah. So I came yeah. up with eight categories. It's, okay. And like I say. The title, Out of My Mind, these stories are literally how my mind worked. Mm-hmm. The first category, short shorts, the only thing any of them have in common is that they're, they're 600 words or less. And they're a real cross-section of, the, of, of how my mind works. I, I've got probably an ADD men- mentality. <laughs> <laughs> so my mind is sometimes all over the board. Mm-hmm. But then I'll, then I'll get a subject I hyper-focus on. Right. So short shorts came from there. And the very first story in that, Fight to the Finish, and this really tells you, well, first off, it's going to age me very quickly here, <laughs> uh, but it tells you how far back these stories go. The first story in there, I wrote in grade 12 in, in 19, probably 1977. Oh, wow. When was that? Did that, that was like, when was that? Well, Did that exist even? <laughs> <laughs> like, like I say, you know, it, it it gives you a pretty idea how long I've been at this year. But I wrote I wrote this for for a language arts class in 1977, and mm-hmm. it and it ended up in the school paper that year. Oh, nice! So it's a good good story then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're off to the races I, I already. My, Did you start writing I, earlier than than like just oh, high school? For, or? Long before that, I was writing. Like I say, from the time I was able to write, I wanted to write. Wow. I was writing all sorts of short stories and I was writing short stories when I was supposed to be paying attention in class and got me things did not go well for in that in that direction but <laughs> well, I bet you those teachers don't have books out no uh, <laughs> the, 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 let's just say the teachers did not appreciate my creativity <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they just they just know that right now you won't be able to add up your earnings because you weren't paying attention <laughs> yeah <laughs> Exactly, yeah. and my parents, who were not big readers, yeah. uh, tried their best to dissuade me from a light, uh, a writing career. Oh, okay. They wanted me to do something stable, something that's going to be a guaranteed money maker, mm-hmm. <laughs> something not so off the wall as writing. Right, right. There's no, there's no living in writing. <laughs> there's, no, <laughs> there's no money in writing. 
Stephen King and a number of others would probably disagree with them on that. <laughs> well, they probably heard the same thing too and thought the same thing for a while. Oh, I'm sure they had. <laughs> yeah, just got the search to write. Even if I don't make anything, I'm going to do this because it's what I, it's what I do. Yeah. And that's that's really what it came down to. I tried other things. I tried many other things. Mm-hmm. Some of the, some of them, if I'd really stuck with it, probably could have made me a fair a fair, fair chunk of coin. I want to be a writer. Yeah. I'm a writer. I am a writer. It's what I do. So you <laughs> found you found money in writing through PR work or uh, blogging yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Not a great of... amount of money, but money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a living to be made there. And you exercise your muscles for writing too. Exactly. Exactly. But like I say, coming back to the, to the book, what, mm-hmm. once I put it, once I put it, started putting it together, uh, a lot of the short, short stories uh, come from, uh, well, like I say, the first one is, was written in my language arts class in yeah. grade 12. But there are other ones in here that uh, fall into the category of things I needed to make up for my, for my freelancer's class. Right. right. I, my, hey, you notice I'm saying it, write, write a lot? Isn't that weird? Right, right, I'm right. I'm going, right, right, right. I'm encouraging you by... Yeah. yeah, going along here. Car- car- carry on. <laughs> I, I should be going, uh-huh, uh-huh, instead of right, right. No, right. no, right, right is fine. <laughs> that's where, that's right, where we're at here. Right is right. Okay. Oh, I was just going to ask you one question. Why didn't you call your first section the uh, shorts, shorts section? You could have called it Daisy Dukes. I could have. Because <laughs> you're, you're from the 70s. <laughs> yeah, well... I'm sure you've seen the picture that entitles my uh, my short short. Yeah, and that's what's making me think. Is like, hey, wait a minute, this should have a different title. <laughs> uh, Daisy Dukes is a, is a picture. Uh, uh, short, short shorts is what they are. Yep, they're very short stories. That, that oh, you drew these too, didn't you? All these um, images, or I either drew or modified them. Okay, yeah. So you so you had a real hand in the. Uh, like this is this oh, yeah. bo- this whole yeah. book is you. Like the, you. the entire book is me. The the, gra- the the graphic design work on the cover, the the art within it. Uh, what I didn't draw outright, I took bits and pieces of and modified it to make it mine. Mm-hmm. I I can't claim entire credit for all the, all the pictures and things in here, but I yeah. But I but nothing's entirely the way I initially found it either. Yeah, yeah. All modified up nice. That was really funny. Some of these yeah, titles, like the headings, are pretty pretty neat pictures. Yeah, but uh, like I say, the short shorts ones, uh, a lot of them. Like the, there's one in the, there's one in here to, to give you an example. Uh, I was given an assignment from my my freelancers group to uh, to uh, where I was given a a picture. Everybody was given a pull out a picture that that. Uh, the leader of our group came up with mm-hmm. to um, write a story about this picture, about approximately a page long. Okay. And and the picture I got was a picture of this young woman, dark curly hair, um, oh, throwing an axe in what looks like an axe throwing competition. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, so we're going to learn what comes to your mind at that moment. We're going to learn a lot about you. I, right I looked at this. <laughs> and I knew the moment I looked at it, 
what the ending was going to be. I saw the ending. Ah. And now I had to work my way to it. The story laid again. Okay. On page 15 of my book. Okay. The story laid again is that is the story that came from that one picture. But it, I, in my in my freelancer group, there's apparently two types two types of writers. One is the planner, or the uh, plotter. I was going to ask you all that, about this. Yeah, I was going to ask you about yeah, that. The person that ha- knows chapter and verse exactly what they're going to do. They know what's going to happen at the beginning. They know where the middle is. They know where the end is. Mm-hmm. They've they've got complete character outlines of what their characters are. And they, they've got it all worked out before, before they put pen to page or fingers to, to computer. Yeah, they knew the outline. Exactly they've happen. got an outline. They've got their plot laid out. They've probably worked mm-hmm. a lot on that, right? Like mm-hmm. editing just the exactly. plot points and yeah, just, mm-hmm. just laying it. And then they go and fill it in as a craft. Exactly. Yeah. And then there's the other type. And I, as soon as I heard this term, I knew it was me. And the, the, the guy that was mentioning it is like, uh, sci-fi fantasy writers among my, my group uh, he called it being a pantser which means you write completely by the seat of your pants you have a basic <laughs> idea, you have a character yeah. you have a basic idea of what you're writing and you sit down there and you let the character tell you the story Yeah, yeah. you have no more idea how the story is going to turn out than the, than, than the people reading it right, yeah, your characters just sort of control you in the, in the particular case of, of late again mm-hmm I knew what the ending was going to be. I didn't know how. I knew this girl with the axe had to be in that story, and I knew exactly how the ending was going to be. Right. And I just had to figure out how to get from the beginning to the ending. <laughs> so did you work backwards from it, or do you start at the beginning nope. then and just see if you can find it? I, I, I started at the beginning, and and ran with it until uh, and wrote the story until I found the end. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's fun. My one-page story turned out to be about a page and a half, but that happens. <laughs> you you know, that sounds like, um, who's the guy that wrote The the World According to Garp and Cider House Rules? John somebody. Oh, um, but you know who I mean. I, I know uh, who you mean. I, can't, yeah. I wish I could remember the name right now. I remember him in an interview saying he couldn't even begin to write a book, even if he knew what the story was going to be and, you know, he'd been thinking about it. He could not start to write the book until he knew what the, the last line of the book was going to be. And as soon as he had that last line, he he could start it because he knew yeah. where he was sort of working towards. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I'm different. Sometimes I have no idea how the story is going to end. Yeah. I have, a, I have a character in mind and I have a basic, basic plot idea, but I have to sit down and take my character through the story to find out exactly what's going to happen to them. Do you ever do you ever plot out something like you have you try like plotting out a whole story and then it works? Sometimes. No, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I I think when I finally get to a book length something I'll have to do a little bit more along that lines. Yeah, cuz I've heard uh, all different writers like people say, "Oh, this writer, this how you write." And I I'm like, "Well, I've heard successful writers talk about their writing and none of them have the same way of going about it." Some are almost like automatic writing. They're just like, I sit down and I get my little world and my characters just live and I just write down what, what they're doing. And uh, and like you say, other people like yourself or whatever, you might have the ending in mind or you might just start at the beginning and, you know, and then other people, and these are, you know, you'd put these two writers together, say, hey, they're both successful, best-selling writers. They must They must do the same thing. And they're like completely opposite. And like every every one of my stories, I've got a different idea, but I don't have a whole story in mind. I have no idea. Like 
in a particular case, in this particular case, and read a few other times, I knew what my ending was going to be. In some cases, I knew who my characters were. Uh, but that, I've never had a whole story in mind when I started out. Right. On, a, on, on my second book that I'm working on right now, it's another book of short stories. I'm changing it up a little bit because I'm putting a section in there, a fantasy section, that's building me towards a book. I've written a number of stories leading up to the point. People keep saying, well, why don't you just write the book? Because I'm not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> I, needed, I needed to plot my world. And I started throwing minor characters into the world. And I had to sort of backtrack and change things around because as the, as the story progressed, some of the early stuff didn't make any sense anymore. That's right. <laughs> and it started becoming a little more complicated. And I had to start phone out. I had to start writing different, different details. Okay, remember where this location is. Remember who this guy is. <laughs> and suddenly I had to pay much more attention to where, what my stories were. So I can imagine when it comes to book, I'm going to have to do a little bit more plot development than I have up to this point. <laughs> But it's a, it's a new way of looking at it. This one was just a lot of fun. The very first story in there, uh, Fight to the Finish, I wrote in 77. The very last story at the at, in my Living the Adventure sec section, which is the last section in there, the very last story is fittingly titled The End. And I wrote that one April of, um, April of 2020. Uh, just as we were beginning the, we were just the first couple of weeks into lockdown, mm -hmm. <laughs> COVID lockdown. Yeah, yeah. And I just had this idea. I had been going for a walk out in the park and that, and seeing this, or driving through the street to see this dead planet. Oh man! <laughs> and I imagined this guy walking through this empty town that used to be his hometown. Yeah. And I'm not going to say anything more on that one either. <laughs> No, you don't want to give any of these away because, you know, you're right. There's shorter stories and just by talking about it enough, it sort of gives the whole thing away and there's no surprise left. So, yeah, I remember buying books of micro books back in the 90s. Like they became a big thing, like micro stories. I remember and, those, yes. Yeah, little wee books and stuff. No, those are fun because you think, well, what am I going to get out of a, a paragraph? And it's amazing what you can get out of it. But in your mind, you're, you just, you take over and you do the work. That's wild. Yeah. And then, like I say, all these stories have been coming out for a while. Some of them I tried to get in, get in uh, to various magazines and that, but uh, mm -hmm. there's a lot of competition out there for that. So yeah, short starts was my cross section of little, little mini micro mini stories. There was mm -hmm. all these one pages that I had done for the freelancers writers group. Mm -hmm. My next story, all the family. I had a section of stories. Uh, there's a story in there called Drain Rain Go Away. These are all family stories. All in the family is what it sounds like. They're all family stories. They, the first story is about uh, a guy proposing to a girl. Uh, one of the later stories that, uh, talks about a, a couple that are on the verge of divorce, and everything else falls in between. Okay. One of the stories I wrote, Sandra Birdsell, when I was in her writer's class, asked me to write dialogue. Just create four characters, give them names, and write nothing but dialogue for a couple pages mm -hmm. until I tell you to stop. Okay. Out of that dialogue writing came a story called Rain, Rain, Go Away from a family camping trip from hell. <laughs> Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anybody who's gone on a family vacation, whether as a kid or as a, pa as a parent, <laughs> or even some friends sometimes, can realize how many th wrong things can happen <laughs> on a family vacation, yeah, <laughs> a family and camping trip. And that turns out to be the best one because that's the one everybody remembers. And uh, 
and communes about later for years and years. One thing about my stories, however they go, some of them are very tongue in cheek. I have a, a strange sense of humor, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. it's, it's interesting what I can find funny. Yeah. Uh, some of them are dead serious. Okay. Like I couldn't, ha having been divorced, I couldn't find a, a, anything funny. Uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah. About, about a couple on the verge of a breakup. Yeah, your mind would be on other <laughs> things, right? Yeah. Uh, but I could, I did find a way to. When when people are very unhappy with with the life they're living and the person they're with there's some pretty sarcastic humor that comes out of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and uh <laughs> funny you should say and that <laughs> and uh one story that i've got i've, I've got in here car, car troubles is about a couple on the verge of divorce and uh a friend from friend's class said uh I, I'm going to actually quote the book here because a, a, a guy from a, my freelancers group said, I got one of the best lines he's ever heard in a movie. Let's see if I can find it here. Give me. Give me I'll just mention here. I'll, I'll fill in the void here. I'll say, uh, just remind everybody, the book's called Out of My Mind by R. Brian Campbell, uh, where Brian invites you to take a walk through his mind and find out what he's been thinking. It's in eight sections, and it's a local Manitoba book. And if you're looking for something to kick around with, grab it. Pick a, pick up a copy. Where do we find these? Well, you can get them on Amazon. It's under R. Brian Campbell, uh, Out of My Mind. Or you can get in touch with me. Um, High, Hope, High Hopes Communications is my, is my business. Okay. So the website is well. It's just highhopescommunications.ca. That's about the best way to do it. Yeah. And, okay. And there's connections there to get my in my book or get in touch with me. My. Okay. Well, I'll put my, a link there. My, I'll, I'll put my, a, there'll be a email. link in the show notes too. Then. Yeah. yeah. The, the email is Brian at highhopescommunications.ca or phone me two zero four eight eight zero five five zero five. Anyway, I found the line I was looking for here. Um. Anyway, like I say, the couple are broken down the side of the road. It's had a flat tire. Uh, this rather hunky guy named Randy has come along to help them out. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> this, 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 hi, Randy. I'm Jake. This is my wife, Cindy. I guess we could use a hand. We have a flat, and I can't seem to get those lug nuts off. Cindy mumbles loud enough to be heard. I know how they feel. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. <laughs> and it, it, it sort of carries on that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So not for kids. <laughs> not that one. Not that one. Well, they wouldn't understand yeah. anyway. That's the beauty of that humor. The, the next section in there, Campbell Alternative Nudes, I came up with thanks to Donald Trump. Right. Once again, I, I started April 1st, uh, two, 2017. Yeah, Donald, Donald Trump has just come into office. And I started thinking to myself, that I haven't, I haven't done anything for April Fool's Day in a long, long time. Yeah. <laughs> things have been busy. Things have happened. Uh, <laughs> a lot of times I was alone on April 1st, so it's hard to do a practical joke on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
But then I thought about it. And I started writing a story based on the idea that the Republicans finally admitted that the whole Donald Trump presidency was a, was a practical joke. <laughs> they That's got Ashton oh, Kutcher. Oh, if only. They got Ashton Kutcher in from, from, from Punk to help them out with it. Yeah, yeah. If only. <laughs> you have quite the so, imagination. <laughs> so, so, so that was the beginning of Campbell Alternative News. I ran a whole bunch of satirical stories. The second one was uh, the Easter Bunny get, get, getting uh, stopped at the border coming into USA because, because they were, he was carrying all these baskets full of contraband. They weren't <laughs> sure about the last name Bunny. If, if you remember doing how many how many people got how many people of foreign descent got got locked out of the USA in the early 2017. Right. Yeah. From certain countries. Yeah, he was all about that. And it carried on for quite some time there. I even have a, a, a boxing match between him and Nancy Pelosi at one point. <laughs> <laughs> but Donald Trump being Donald Trump, I found, got too crazy for satire. It was hard to make up stuff that was crazier than what he was really doing. Mm-hmm. So that, that that springboarded me into my next section, my political viewpoint, which, and I want to point this out quite clearly, and <laughs> none of my stories are meant to be taken as hard journalism or fact. Right. If they're not outright fiction or satire, they're my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> agree with them, don't, don't agree with them, up to you. So, but I did a whole bunch of what, like I call, blunt as a spoon look at politics, Canada, U.S. and abroad between 2017 and 2019. There's a lot to talk about there, yep. including my own comparison of, of Donald Trump to our Justin Trudeau, because everybody seemed to want to compare them. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And a lot of people, for I have no, what, I have no idea what reason, wanted to trade our, Trudeau for Trump. Uh, no. <laughs> well, that's what, well that's what Putin educated them all to think through all their yeah. uh, Russian bot work all these right wing people it's like they all just bought into this uh, mm-hmm. this really bizarre thing coming across the oceans and and they just they're solid on it and they just have yeah. the craziest ideas and they think they're normal they think it's a normal way to go about life it's just bizarre I know I've been called some interesting names because i don't outright hate justin trudeau yeah i know is that funny like they're so enamored with this guy it's like well do you guys want to marry him or something you're just mad he's already taken <laughs> like, come on it's just a political guy it's just a person because i don't hate him and love the donald i don't hate him and i don't love donald trump does not make me a libtard or whatever you want to call it. Oh, no, a communist. You're a con- you want to live in a communist con- country. Oh, yeah, I've been, co- I've been just, called that too. Yeah, you just I, want to live I, in a I, communist I, country. It's like, okay, yeah. good good, uh, good rebuttal. <laughs> yeah, I can get into, an, any, into a, a political argument with anybody because I, I also do not love Justin Trudeau. Yeah. He's made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, well, everybody does. Anybody, yeah, gets, just, anybody who gets behind somebody full on, is just they should have their heads examined. Yeah, I I had that discussion with, with somebody one time. They're coming up on an election, where I said I've never voted. I very, I very rarely at that time I said I'd never voted for the same political party two elections in a row. Just where's your loyalty? I said mm-hmm. I haven't found one. I haven't found a government that's loyal yeah. to me yet. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Where's your loyalty? Who, who's asking these questions? They're just brainwashed people. It's like, I'm brainwashed. No. Why aren't you? It's like, there's something wrong with you. You're not, you're not conforming like me. It's like, yeah. okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. We're brainwashed. We're sheep because we're not following their lead. Yeah, we're following this one. <laughs> I, I, I'm following the wrong. I'm following the wrong shepherd, so I'm a sheep, <laughs> or I'm not following the right shepherd. I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, they just yeah, they want to. They, they got all the key words, but they don't have the uh, philosophy behind it. Yeah, well, they, they they got all the key words because they picked them up for somebody. Yeah, they've been fed all these. Not, it's not even their own thoughts. And if you challenge them on the one thought they've just given you, then they they very quickly change over to another one. It's very quick. They're just, where, just rolling over ideas or things they've been fed. So yeah, it's bizarre. And that's where, when you get into things like my Campbell Alternative News, of mm-hmm. course, the Campbell Alternative News came from the whole idea of uh, Trump's fake news and that, or my political <laughs> viewpoint. Yeah. Right off the bat, if you can't laugh at politics, yeah. Even the even the political party you support. Don't read my stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to hear about it. I, I'm going to be the guy that goes out there. You may not want to read my book. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good way of putting it out there. Don't read this book. You know, if you're if you're a snowflake or a communist wannabe or a, a right wing crazy nut job trucker, don't read this book. And then they'll all be wanting to read it. Uh, world as I see it, the world as I see it. My next section went a little farther because I jumped out of politics and started talking about everything from technology, my opinions of technology, mm-hmm. to Winnipeg drivers. <laughs> oh, that's fun. <laughs> and, and all over the board, it, uh, these are just editorials, basically. Yeah. Just, my, my, somebody cuts me off in traffic, I'm coming home and writing a story about them. Since <laughs> <laughs> uh, somebody forces me to, to use the... The, the self-checkout at, at a grocery store and I don't want to. I'm going to write a story about it. Yeah. My computer, my computer broke down one day and I wrote a story about it when, the, when it came back up again. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you know where do you get you get a T4 from, from Home Depot? Because if you use the uh, self-checkout, they must pay you somehow. So you get a T4 at the end of the year? Is that a thing? I'm writing <laughs> that one down. Hold on. <laughs> that was a good thing going around for a while. It's like, yeah, where do I... Hey, I've, I've checked myself out here, uh, Safeway. Now, where do I where do I apply for my T4? Yeah. You know, goofy. I never use those yeah. just out of principle, ever. Yeah. I'd you rather know, you interact with a real person. Well, in the in the world as I see it, I've discussed um, I've discussed self checkouts, mm-hmm. and, and, and that was like I say, that was back in 2018, 2019. It was the early, the early days of self checkout, and I yeah. already had my opinions about them. And you yeah. know what? I am not against them as an option. Yeah. If I'm if I'm in a hurry or I'm in a bad mood and I just don't want to talk to somebody, I'll use a self checkout. Really? Don't make me do it. Yeah. I I stand if in you line. Tell me I have to do it. There's no way you're gonna make me. Yeah. I'll stand in <laughs> line at the real checkout until somebody who's overseen the uh, self checkout says, "Oh, do you want to come over here?" And then I'll, I'll I'll say, "Well, will you help me with that?" And they go, yeah, yeah, because they have nothing to do anyway. So they do it for me. So it's not even, at that point, it's not it's still not a self-checkout. It's somebody's doing yeah. scanning and punching the stuff. And yeah, so I don't, I, I, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well, I, 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 I've had people say, would you like to use a self-checkout? No. Mm-hmm. Are you getting, uh, first off, the first questioner, are you getting lottery or, or paying cash? No. 
would you like to use a self-checkout? I said, nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. I've had, <laughs> I've had occasion, I've had occasion on a, on a couple occasions where somebody's come over and, and I'm waiting to send the checkout. Just, no, you have to use a self-checkout. Mm-hmm. No, I want to use I want to use the cashier. No, you have to use the self checkout. Oh, really? Can you hold this for me? I have them in my basket, and then I walk out of the store. Yep, yeah. It's like sorry, pal. So, so now now you have a job. You can go back the stuff you could have sold me. Exactly. You know, one night I I went into a, a grocery store a little later. I guess it was, it was evening, just getting back into town, and I went in, and uh, I I thought, well, we'll use the self checkout. It'll be quick, I guess, and I it got hung up. Like it wouldn't read one of the items properly. And I had no idea because that's when you need somebody to come over and punch the codes in like their secret codes to straighten it all out. And nobody was coming around. It was like, so I was looking around. Is anybody going to no? So I, I put everything in the basket and I went to the real checkout and made somebody, I just said, that thing's not working. And that was the last time I ever tried. I think it was probably the yeah. first and last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd probably do the same thing, or I just leave the stuff on the, on the thing and walk out. Yeah, <laughs> it depends on how badly I need the items. Yeah, like I say, it's it's a good it's a good use of technology if it's an option. Well, it's like it's gas like, stations make you do it now, eh? Forever. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Geez. Well, I self use gas stations too if I want to. Yeah. But I, give me that choice. But there's what <laughs> gas stations uh, have an attendant anymore that comes out and does stuff. Domo. Oh yeah, Domo. Yeah. I Domo. Guess. Some of the other ones do, but de- definitely Do- Domo is still known for that. Yeah, mind you, there's still I've already seen one or two Domos that are self serve too. So yeah, that's not even ex- that's not even exclusive with Domo. Yeah, yeah, we jump to the pump if we have to. <laughs> They'll change their thing. I see that'll fall under the the world as I see it section. There, I, I talk about the things like this, the things things that bug me about they bug me about the world yeah actually i think domo's already changing over because they don't jump to the pump anymore they just kind of stroll over so it's like <laughs> they're, they're, they're kind of getting us used to the idea that it's not going to happen right away <laughs> be changing the symbol from, from a kangaroo to a tortoise to a tortoise yeah. <laughs> domo domo arigato mr obato yes Okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe the maybe the title was planning ahead. Eventually, there'll be robot robots serving us. Probably they'll try that, or, or, or we'll be serving them. I don't know how it works. I don't think it's going to work because the robots they can do tasks and stuff, but they can't think outside the box. They can't, uh, yeah. you know. No matter how much they tell us, they can do things. It's like, well, maybe yeah. they can well, get it, them to point a gun at us and hurt us or something, but they won't know yeah. why, and they, <laughs> you can't yeah. reason with them. Well. We don't want thinking robots. I'm sorry. This is where the sci-fi writers are, are, are right about this. Yeah. Anything between uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey or the Terminator or mm-hmm. or or iRobot or any of these, we don't want a thinking robot. Yeah, like how yes. the worst kind, because you're out in space with the guy. Yeah. He's trying well, to screw you over. At some point, somebody's going to have the bright idea to put them in charge of saving the environment. And the first thing they're going to realize is the, the biggest threat to the environment is us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a, a robot with a logical brain is going to, well, yeah. to, to preserve the earth, we get rid of the humans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wait, then they'll just be sitting there on a beach going, you know, this place is pretty nice. Yeah. If you just let it, if you just let it do what it does, it's 
spectacular. It's, it's, to, it's, it's total. This is why it doesn't work. Yeah. It's total logic. Because if you think logically about it, we're the, the greatest threat to the environment. Yep. <laughs> and if you tell robots to protect the environment, we're history. Well, let's tell them that then. That's okay. Well, what's yeah, well, they're just going to do that anyway. Well, what's That's worse, just... like protecting humanity and living on just a barren rock in the end with no oxygen, or mm-hmm. saying, "Okay, we all just got to go. Like we all just got to check out somehow." But can we send Elon to the to the uh, Mars first? Can we put him in a rocket first and send him that way? Yeah. That'd be a good start, I think. Elon, the... Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah. Well. There's a strange, there's a strange thing going on there too, because, uh, and, and this is going to be coming up. My my next book is going to be more sci-fi fantasy. Okay. But uh, uh, we have a bunch of multi-billionaires who have the capability of of protecting the environment, solving world hunger, reducing poverty. They could handle these problems in the next week or two if they wanted to. But no, they're building rockets to, to have joy rides through space. Well, in my opinion, they're all sociopaths, so you couldn't you couldn't reason that out of them anyway. No, you, no, you couldn't. There's no way they they just they would just put out a statement, some PR thing saying this is what we're doing, and then they'd be the exact opposite of what they're doing anyway. On the next book I'm working, I'm I'm actually working on a story right now uh, about uh, an an intergalactic environmental protection organization who are, who are trying to stop multi-billionaires from destroying the resources on other planets. <laughs> yeah. And they're, t- they're taking a first-hand involved. They're, 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 they're sending out commando teams now to, now to stop them because this tying yourself to a tree and trying to do it legally isn't working anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in my... In Out of My Mind, on the other hand, the very last story I have in the world as I see it is us against the world, talking about mm-hmm. envir- the environment. Yeah. I had a friend bring this up to me one time. He he referred me to a George Carlin video. Yeah, the one about the plastic? No, this one was about, yeah, it's about plastic, but he said talking about the world will be fine. We're not going to destroy the world. The world has seen much worse. The earth has seen much worse than us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he says this. This, and he used this quote: well, "The Earth is going to be fine. We yeah. can't wreck the world." So, you're right; it did say that. But did you re- listen to the next line? Mm-hmm. It said, "We're effed." Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> not Earth the world goes, that's going to have an issue; it's us. <laughs> yeah. We threaten the Earth. The Earth will get rid of us. Yeah. What do you think climate change is all about? What do you think COVID is all about? <laughs> yeah. This is. This is Earth going into high protection mode here. Yeah. It's, it's, not wait, it's not waiting for us to build robots to get rid of ourselves. Well, I think Earth was probably just hoping we'd never figure out how to dig up coal and start burning it day and night to try and forge metals. Because that's, you know, that the industrial revolution in England and Germany, like it just turned, it just, that's what made the world start to just become unstable untenable you know and and then we evolved in the 1900s the 20th century there we evolved so fast 
that we went from Kitty Hawk airplane. Like we should still be seeing people screwing around with Kitty Hawk type airplanes, like the Wright brothers stuff. You know, because how long did they mess around with the wheel before they figured out they could even put two of them together? You know, like it probably was a long time and a long, long time. And then, yeah, then we're, they were like, we're okay, we, way too fast. yeah, then they're like, okay, we got, we have wagons. They can go this fast. That's okay. We can carry a little more than humans can. And, you know, okay. And, and people were okay with that for a long time. And now it's like this century that we just had, nothing was good enough. No, you got to find a better way to roll things around and move stuff and and then it became like why and then like well we have to we have to make people want to buy this stuff (laughs) because now we have the way to move it and it's just like backwards thinking took over it took you're right it took so many years to get the wheel going to 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 create a cart to create a bicycle to to get up to to vehicle uh, the uh, internal combustion engine to ride a vehicle then all of a sudden, there's this, in our lifetime, there computers were were created, became better. Now they're pocket sized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As nothing was ever. Yeah, having a computer on your desk at work wasn't good enough. I want one at home. Okay, well here's a big box and the thing. You know, now I want to be able to carry it around. Okay, I'll make a laptop. Now I want to. Laptops are too heavy and too big. You know, blah blah blah. Like we're gonna end up with chips in our heads just because. Was dissatisfied with the weight of an iPhone. Yeah, nuts. Hey, here's a here's a visual for you. Here's a here's a metaphor for humanity on Earth. It's like lighting a wooden match from the wrong end. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time to burn through the wood, very slowly, very slowly, and then you get to modern day, and the head of the match, all the sulfur, poof. Uh-huh. Then it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> so that. And then it's gone. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. That's what's that's what's probably going to look like. And if anybody's around to write about that after it happens, I guess. See, this is where I do agree with Carlin um, that the Earth will be fine when we're gone. It'll rejuvenate itself. The Earth's not going anywhere. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, and you know those seed, those seed, uh, seed container things, or the seed, um, those bunkers they have to to protect seeds of the world. <laughs> They should actually have one of those big bunkers and put in like a nice English pub and then they should put in a, a nice beach, <laughs> nice, you know, things that people would actually want to have if you do survive whatever we're coming up, creating for seeds ourselves. Will, seeds will come back. There'll be, uh, yeah. there'll be new plants once there are no humans to mess it up. No, but I'm just saying if, if like a little tribe survives, you'd like to have a few nice things to go to. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like we had, we had, yeah, for centuries we had these nice little things we could rely on and. Those, those are things you want to preserve. Yeah, cover a tropical island in plastic somewhere and save that for us for later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a nice reef somewhere and, uh, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, let's get out of the world and we'll move on. Uh, oh, good, yeah. Well, actually, we'll, we'll have to come back to this anyway, but then section, section number six here, spooky tales. Spooky. This is, this is, my, this is the darker side of my, uh, my psyche where I got into a few little horror stories and some of them are very serious. Some of them have twisted yeah. and some of them, well, I, t- I stuck my tongue through firmly in my cheek and decided to run with it. <laughs> nice. Well, that sounds typical uh, of you just, you know, yeah. having fun writing. Yeah. There's, there's one that I wrote morning Halloween's past. Mm-hmm. I took my grandkids 
back back before covid remember those days way the COVID back time? was that 1977 78 <laughs> something like, like that, that yes yeah. starting to get a way picture in my mind in way back in time <laughs> i took them to heebie-jeebies first time i'd ever been there well, it was early days of heebie-jeebies i guess but okay i took them there because uh, my, my older grandkids really loved the everything spooky okay and i came into there thinking one it's a really cool place Mm-hmm. And two, what happened to the vampires and the werewolves and yeah. <laughs> the witches and the mummies and, and the traditional horror creatures? Well, that evolved too fast, too. Yeah, we had all those good things for so long, and then suddenly it's like, oh, no, you got to have this and this, 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 this. Yeah. Yeah, now, now it's all mutants, zombies, and clowns. Yeah, and lots so, of blood. So Morning Halloween's Past is a story talk where... A vampire and a werewolf are sitting uh, sitting in a in a pub, uh, <laughs> <laughs> discussing what happened to Halloween. Yeah, they're out of work. <laughs> How do we end up on what, 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 what made clowns scary? <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when did they stop being scary? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they have an alter- they have an altercation with a couple clowns with a few clowns too, but I won't get into that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but. The, by the book. But, but that, that gives you an idea. My spooky tales, some of them are quite scary. Some of them, well, not so much. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> scary books. Scary books. Uh, I don't know if I'm uh, going to read that section all the way through. I might, I'll, I'll oh, leave the light on. Yeah. Here's, here, here's the thing about my, my book in a nutshell. In case you hadn't figured it out at this point. <laughs> not all stories in it are for all people. My mind is so far-reaching that not everybody's going to like every single story or even every single section. But it is far enough reaching that I'm pretty sure I've got something in there for everybody. So it's the kind of book you'd have on the shelf and pull down once in a while and just open it up randomly and maybe just see if something catches your eye, flip a few pages. Yeah. Something will, well, and then you'll just get caught up in something. You'll want to go back to the beginning of that story and just have a nice, nice little read. Section seven, uh, seasonally speaking, is uh, is, a, is a Manitoban's book, or somebody who wants to find out. About. I wrote this. It's talking about the thing that's most important to Manitobans: the weather oh. and the seasons. <laughs> <laughs> and I took it from the point of view of a of a of a Winnipegger, a man, a person born and raised in Manitoba mm-hmm. who hates winter. I do not like winter. It's an accident of birth. I ended up here. I was meant to. I was meant to be somewhere where they didn't know what snow was. You know, I can uh, <laughs> I can get you a thing to help you with that. It's called a map, and it's got other countries in the world, yeah. and it'll show I've you how to. Those, you know? It'll show you how to get there, and like you can move there and then live there. <laughs> I, I've already got a map of the Caribbean. It's my place. It's my place in the world. Well, you need I, the bigger I, I, map that shows you how to get to there. <laughs> You're probably just missing that aspect of it. <laughs> there was these guys, uh, Orville and Wilbur. They created a thing called an airplane. I think. Right, right. Yeah, and you can get on one now, and you can fly down. I think I went to school with those guys, actually. Yeah, yeah. When you get to the Caribbean, just say I'm a world famous author. Give me citizenship, and they'll be like, Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, we know yeah. you. Yeah, we love writers down here. <laughs> La- last time my wife and I were down there, we were trying to get a uh, we were trying to get a job with the a- entertainment crew at the at the at the, uh, the resort we were at. Oh yeah. How would <laughs> they that work? You us too. their bosses not so much. You, that would be through a work visa. How you, would you be able to get like a citizenship down there? I don't know. Yeah, 
I, I just we just wanted to live at the resort. Room and board would just be fine, you know. Oh well, yeah, you could eat at the buffet and stay uh, stay on the beach. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. They, they, just for the winter, right? You know. They, they, they think anything that uh, that that drops into the low teens in Celsius is is, is ice cold weather for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or even mid teens for that matter. Exactly. So, but it, but it, my my problem is my kids are here, my stepdaughter's here, my gra- I've got ten grandkids in, the, in in Canada. I'm stuck here now. So, wow. So you'll put up with winter for them? I will. Wow. Actually, if there is a way, <laughs> uh, this is where the this is where I'm counting on you guys, all you people out there listening, buy my book so I can winter in, in, in the Caribbean. Yeah, with all your <laughs> kids and grandkids. <laughs> big house. You can have one of those big houses and say, come on down. Uh, it's not so much I want to li- live down there. I don't know if I can handle their summers. They, they, they talk about mid-40s and stuff like that. <laughs> and then raining most of the time too. Yeah, when it's humidity is like 100%. Oh, I would be a, I'd be a little flat piece of skin so <laughs> laid on the floor so so what i need to be able to do is to be able to afford to winter down there and summer here well summer's, summer's here are plus 40 summer, now right? too true so yeah you probably want to <laughs> yeah. winter in like flin flon or somewhere or summer in flin flon <laughs> or, or churchill you know <laughs> it, here's the thing about it I, I i determined a long time ago not to be one of these manitobans that complains all winter and then complains all summer yeah and i i, I promised myself i'd die of sunstroke before i ever complained about our heat in the summer yeah yeah my stories are more about winter fall winter and spring than it is about summer because summer i'm too busy enjoying it to, <laughs> to write about it <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. my last section in here is living the adventure and it's probably got a couple of my longer stories and a 10, 11 page stories show up in this one. Yeah. But uh, everything, everything from a teenage boy that encounters a ninja and gets trained by him <laughs> to, <laughs> okay. to, 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 to uh, a guy that's spend, spending Christmas in a tropical jungle at war. Oh, wow. It starts out with a, with a, with a, with a fight, a fight between a, a beaver and an, and, and an eagle. Okay. <laughs> I'm, and I'm sure there are no political connotations there at all, really. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. <laughs> remember, remember I wrote this. I, I wrote a lot of these stories between 2017 and 2019. Right, 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 and right. Then, so they were having an argument over lumber. Lumber. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so that's my book from front to back, I guess, and and a little bit of my a little bit of my story here. Uh, I started, like I say, I started putting this together in 2019. The, the crazy thing about it was, I I was doing this, I was doing my business, I was mm-hmm. spend, spending time with family, I was doing all these different things, and it came down to publishing the book. And I figured I need some time to put all my stories together and publish it. I need some time off. Right. So March 2020, March 13, 2020, I told my networking group, I won't be coming out for any more Friday morning networking. I'm going to put my business on a hold. I'm going to put everything on hold because I need to get this book published. Mm-hmm. I had no idea how much time I was going to have on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> you did it to us. <laughs> They're like, okay, the world, you I know. I really didn't 
need that kind of time. Sometimes, sometimes people say, I just need the world to stop and let me off. It's like, well, yeah. we, we stopped for you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you actually got the book made because then it was worthwhile. Yeah, I did that. Uh, it also made life interesting because I was looking at, okay, mm-hmm. who do I want to go to publishing? Do I want to go to McNally's? Do I want to go to Friesen Publishing? Right. There, there were so many com- op- options out there. First off, places like Friesen, there's a couple places like that that'll help you with all of putting it together. Yeah. But uh, you need anywhere between two and five thousand dollars in pocket. I did not have. Yeah. Yeah. Self publishing <laughs> so, costs money. Yeah. Yeah. So that wasn't happening. Uh, McNally's was a little cheaper, and I was considering them. I was going to go talk to them about options, and then, like you say, the world stopped. Mm-hmm. And McNally's wasn't doing any publishing. Okay. Who was left? Amazon. Yeah. Well, what what's the good thing about Amazon? They're killing the what? world. <laughs> well, uh, that's something about Amazon. I said, what's good about Amazon? <laughs> yeah, what's good about oh, oh, oh. Okay, that's a shorter list. That's easy. That's manageable. You can self-publish yeah. a book through them for low, low, low money? Free. For free? They will publish your book for free. And they just take a cut when it sells then? Yes, or if you want copies. Right, then you pay for those. If you want those. some copies in hand to sell yourself, which I did, Yeah. they charge you for it. Like a reasonable amount? I think it's about three or four dollars a copy. Yeah. However, there's another three or four dollars a copy to, to ship it to me. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> so suddenly, if I'm selling the book for twelve dollars, I'm buying it for eight. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, and then all the time you put into selling it too, like gas or travel or yeah, whatever, exactly. wherever you're going. So. But still, for me, it was worth it. Yeah. What do you uh, so? What do you charge? Do you charge twelve dollars for it then? At at that time, I put it out. Which it was twelve ninety nine through Amazon, twelve dollars if you bought it from me. Okay. And I'd sign it. Okay. I still have some copies from that time. Mm-hmm. There was, it comes. There was. There were some. My first. My first editions out. I didn't realize until afterwards that when you put it. When you. When you put it together, if you don't put the page numbers in, they don't put the page numbers in. So my first editions came out with no page numbers. Oh, collectors. I. Had to, I, had, I. I also found that even. I couldn't afford professional editors either, so I got my mother-in-law, who's an ex, uh, who, who's a former teacher, uh-huh. a friend of ours is a former teacher, and my wife's cousin, who's also a former teacher, plus a couple other friends, read it through, find all my errors. And they, they still had their but, red pens from school days? They had their red pens. <laughs> I had to really work with my mother-in-law because she was, away, she was afraid of upsetting me. I said, right. if any errors... You know, she'd already been working, helping me edit any work I was doing for clients, and mm-hmm. I made it clear then. If I send out something that makes me look foolish, that will upset me. Yeah. Be strict. Mm-hmm. I'm your I'm your student. You're my teacher. Be strict. I don't have to change something I don't want to change. Yeah. But if you pointed it out to me, and I don't change it, and it's then it's my fault. Yeah. yeah. Or it's your decision to spell a word a certain way. Yeah. yeah. I know sometimes. Yeah. People will see a word you spelled a certain way, and then they'll be like, "Oh, I caught that," and they correct it. And then you have to go back and say, well, well, no, I meant it like that because it plays off of a different meaning. Yeah. But it's nice that people point it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, if I don't change it, that's my, that's on me. Yeah. Point them all out. Everything you think looks like an error, point it out to me. Did she send you to the office at any point? Not yet. So far, I'm doing okay there. <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, it's quite, quite simple there, like... Once again, when it's that, the book is out of my mind, uh, 
I'm under R. Brian Campbell because Brian, there's just too many Brian Campbells. So it's R. R. Brian Campbell. Uh, you can get it at Amazon.ca or get get it get it through me. I Amazon.ca is selling them right now for fifteen ninety nine a copy plus taxes. Okay. I've got some of the older copies left. Still have a few uh, minor errors that we've missed in the, in the editing process, but I'm selling them for $12 each and, I, and I'll sign them for you. I've got maybe a dozen copies left. I'll put a link up. Yeah, just check your show notes and you'll see the link to Brian's uh, website. Please yeah. buy my book and take a little walk through my mind. See what I've been thinking. Okay, Manitobaville, Mahangel, talking to you. Brian Campbell was just talking to you. Out of my mind, the book. Get it, buy it, support a local author, and uh, launch him into his novel career. A novel career, a new career, writing novels, new. Novel means new. Isn't that interesting? Okay. Also, the definition of novel is a work of fiction uh, through words. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, novel, what novel idea. What a novel novel, you could say. Um, what a new, new, what a new collection of, of uh, fictional words. That's how you do it. Okay, this is Manitobaville. We are not fictional. We are telling you stuff. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, maybe sometimes we're fictional. I don't know. Um, that'll be up to you to guess, I suppose. Okay, so uh, anyway, we're wrapping her up here. Uh, come back again for our next interview. Just keep your eye on your podcatcher. It'll you know, feed you the next show when it's ready. That's what they do. That's the beauty of the podcatcher. Or you can visit manitobaville.ca anytime you like. Make a donation. Get in touch with us. Tell us about an interesting person in your neck of the woods. And uh, we have phones. Everybody's got a phone. We can get through to them. We'll try and get them on the podcast. Okay. So there you go. Um, That's it. That's it for this edition of the Manitobaville podcast. We will talk to you next time. All right. I'm Mahangel. And I just want to remind you that we are copyright 2022 Rodeo Road Studios.